Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am one half of the mega podcasting powers, Trip Leno. With me, as always, is Andrew Leno, the other half of the mega podcasting powers. And we watched this week No Holds Barred. Uh, described by Netflix. When pro wrestler Rip Thomas turns down an offer from a new network, its executives launch a free-for-all called, quote, Battle of the Tough Guys. A name you really loved. I hated it. <laughs> I couldn't get past it. I'm sorry. I couldn't. Uh, this is, I guess, hearkening back to the origins of Dissecting the 80s. The first thing we discussed was Cindy Lauper's The Goonies Are Good Enough, which has a loose connection to Hulk Hogan, and I've been trying to get Hulk back into the Dissecting the 80s fold ever since. And since we watched that this week, you know what that means. We gotta go back, buddy. We gotta go dissect the 80s. That's right. No Holds Barred is currently available on Netflix, although by the time this episode gets up, who knows if it will be or not. Why don't you give the people a, a synopsis of the plot from your own perspective and not Netflix's? What happens in Dice? Uh, um, no Holds Barred. Hulk Hogan happens. Yep. Um, His name's not Hulk Hogan, though. It is I know. Rip it's not. I, I, Thomas. I feel like he saw Rocky and was like... He was in Rocky Three. I know. But I think he was like, I could, I could do this, right? If Sly Stallone can write a script, then why not? So, five minutes into the movie, Andrew said something like, oh, did Vince McMahon write this movie? Because mm-hmm. it takes place in WF Ring. And I said, no, there was another guy's name listed as Dennis Haskins or Hakins. I'll get the actual name here. But uh, I was looking at the IMDb trivia, uh, Dennis Hacken, and it said, uh, this movie was produced by Star Hulk Hogan and his boss, World West Wrestling Federation head honcho Vince McMahon, only to be distributed by New Line Cinema after completion. When the first draft of the script was turned in, Hogan and McMahon disapproved of it, so they checked into a hotel in Reddington Beach, Florida, and stayed up for 72 hours writing the script together. I told you. <laughs> I told you. And shortly into the movie, as someone who watched uh, you know quite a bit of wrestling in, in his youth, you get to know the things that Vince McMahon likes because they continually pop up again and again on screen. And later in this movie, there's some telltale Vince McMahon writing that it was like, oh, nope, Vince definitely wrote this movie. At that point, after it happened, uh, I will get to it. I, I'm not going to just be weird and cagey. But after it happened, I looked it up, and that's when I found that piece of information. And I was like, yep, certainly. Certainly written by Vince McMahon after that. So uh, it starts off, we're in the ring, Mean Gene Okerlund in the house, Jesse the Body Ventura also on commentary. Yeah. (laughs) Former governor, Minnesota. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Him and Schwarzenegger, both in the movie Predator and then both governors. (laughs) The two governor film. Uh, so it says right up at the front, executive producers, Hulk Hogan and Vince McMahon. Oh, great. Hulk Hogan built as Hulk Hogan, not his real name. As the executive producer oh, of the is movie, his real name Terry Bolia. I always assumed his, I, I always knew him as Hulk Hogan. <laughs> you thought his name was like his birth. It came out of his mom, and they're looking at each other in the hospital, and it was like, "Yep, Hulk Hogan." You act like people aren't named stupid things. <laughs> yeah, but this was forty years ago, sixty years ago, even. He was, he's an old man now. Yeah. Well, he his show is isn't it like Hulk Hogan knows best? Yeah, that's from like early two thousands. Yeah. He had a VH1 program. And then, then the, yeah, the son killed a guy. The what? Yeah, the son killed a guy. Oh yeah, you did. Yeah, and then the show was disappeared. Yeah, and they got divorced, and then he made a sex tape. And, and now, his daughter has a show. Yes, Brooklyn and now he's back on the WWE now, and 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 saying brother and all that stuff. Do you think he came out of the womb with the same hair pattern he has now? I think he had to have because I've seen babies with the male pattern baldness oh, yeah. look. 
I think he did. So he just like he he literally full circle. Yeah, he, he came out with the long hair in the back and then no no on no top. hot dog skin yet. No, not thank yet. you. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. No hot dog skin, but the long the long flowing hair. No mustache, obviously, as a baby. But yeah, the rest of it, the big bulgy eyes. I think so I, I I'm pretty pretty uh, certain of that. So anyway, back to the movie that we're supposed to be talking about here. Hulk's in a in a match with some generic guy. I was a little disappointed. Uh, there's a lot of wrestler people in this movie. Like a lot of wrestling happens, a lot of fighting happens. But I was hoping for like a who's who of the '80s wrestling squad, and I really didn't um, really didn't see anybody that I recognized. I'm sure there may be one or two in there that it snuck in, but nobody big enough that I recalled. But anyway, he's fighting some no name guy who's got makeup on uh, and eyeshadow. Gets to oh the... yeah, he looks like a drag queen. Yeah, like yeah. Gene, like Gene, not Gene Simmons, Richard Simmons. He had like hair like Richard Simmons. Oh no, it wasn't like big and frizzy, was it? Yeah, it was. Oh, he I was like that. tall and like, and he had blue eyeshadow on. <laughs> he did have a lot of makeup on, but so we get your standard Hulk Hogan's losing. Then he hulks up, comes back, beats the guy down, and he does this really weird hand gesture, which is done throughout the whole movie. And I realize this is an audio medium, so I'm going to try to describe it to you. If you do the traditional thumb and pinky out like surfer Hawaiian thing, like you know, hang, let loose, hang, hang loose, loose, hang, yeah, loose. yeah. And then you extend your uh, index finger up just the first knuckle, but keep the rest of it squished down. Uh, it gives you this weird sort of Hawaiian thing with a with a knob in the middle. Yeah. You called it like a freaky shocker. Yeah. It looks but, weird. So I don't know what the point of this gesture is or what the purpose of it is, but that's... Or who rip, created it. Rip is always just like hanging out in the ring, flashing a double rip sign. Mm-hmm. You know, hang loose. Rip. He, and then he'll flash it to the camera like Jim Halpert in the office with the gym face. He looks down the barrel of the camera so much in this movie. So much. Mm-hmm. Constantly, at least once every 10 minutes, Hulk Hogan is looking directly down the barrel of the camera and, and glaring at it. And I realize, like, in wrestling, that's a thing. Like, they often oh, yeah. have the guy, like, grab the microphone, look at the camera. Yeah, and grunt. I'm calling you out. Yeah, but this is a real movie. For for theater is, use, is it a real movie? Is I mean, it, is it a real movie? I will say, as poorly written as this obviously is by the two of these people, production value is not awful. No, it's well lit. the The camera moves around well. It's it's. I mean, it's, it's shot in a way that's at least passable. Which yeah. I mean makes sense given that the you know WF has been on TV for twenty years at that point. So anyway, we cut to our bad guy. We have Hulk's weird hand gesture, and we have uh, Kurt Fuller who is a really good character actor. That's his name, right? Kurt Fuller? I think that's his name. I'm going to say it and who? act like it's right. Which one? The guy who played Woody on Psych. Oh. oh. I don't know. Yeah, Kurt Fuller is his actual name. Good. I'm not crazy. So Kurt Fuller is the bad guy uh, of the movie. He's the owner of a rival television stu- studio. Studio. WTN. Yes. And frankly, he is having a load of fun in this movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, just constantly having There's a good no time. nuance. There's no subtlety. It's it's a slap in the face for an hour and a half. Right, but he's having a good time doing it. Like he's clearly enjoying himself. You could a lot of actors in a movie like this are mailing it in, coming mm-hmm. in for their paycheck and moving on. He doesn't seem to be doing that. I I thought the whole movie it seemed like he was enjoying what he was doing. Yeah. Swinging for the fences constantly. So, he has a rival television network he needs to make money. Hulk Hogan's wrestling program, which is called WWF. Yeah, it was. It, I don't think. I don't think it was his. I think he just happened to be like the star of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that. I should. That, that is more accurate than what I said. But he wants to get Hulk in on his network because he wants to have wrestling. Because wrestling is the most important thing. 
People right. don't like rea- like he goes through a list of like they don't like reality shows, they don't like sitcoms, and he picks up and he picks up a, a poster of Hulk Hogan. And he's like, "This is what people love," and that's why I turned to you. And, did Vince McMahon write this movie? Yeah. Of like, everyone has to love wrestling. People don't like anything else. Yeah. And I was like, no, that's not right. But later, it's true. Yeah. Vince McMahon and Hulk. But frankly, Hulk Hogan also wrote this movie, and it's likely that's who wrote that line. Oh, yeah. Because the world's biggest fan of Hulk Hogan is Hulk, absolutely Hulk, Hulk Hogan. Hogan. It's interesting to me, and not to get super wrestling nerdy, I promise I'll keep this under two minutes, but WWF did get stiff competition from another wrestling company that was bankrolled by Ted Turner. Who has NBC? No, uh, TNT, TNN. He started CNN. Oh, that's it. Yeah, yeah. for some reason I thought it was NBC. No, no. But uh, Ted Turner had buckets and buckets of money, and he uh, created W or bought WCW and bankrolled it, and basically created a you know a whole rival to Vince McMahon. And that's interesting that they kind of foreshadowed their own uh, future competition in this movie. I've only ever known WWF. I didn't. Know, yeah. I didn't know there was a second option. I watched WCW when I was watching wrestling in the late nineties. I was, you know, ten to twelve. That's, oh, really? I watched WCW. Yeah, Hulk Hogan was in WCW, but he was a bad guy then. Oh, he went from the ketchup and mustard to black and white, and dyeing his goatee dark and had the blonde mustache. It was. It's, it's a whole thing. We I, we could get into the weeds of wrestling for a long time. I guess we should say that I was a wrestling fan as a kid. I watched. Uh, Hogan when I was a small child, like the you know ni- early nineties, you know I was five or six years old, and then late nineties I got back into it when my friends did. Did you ever watch it at all beyond maybe pa- casually watching with me once or no, twice? Never, I've never seen it. Okay, the only, actually no, I've seen it in high school. I had a theater teacher who would show clips. Oh really? Yeah, the clips of that of wrestling and Buffy were what he used a lot. So, like, what kind of wrestling stuff did you bring in? I don't remember off the top of my head, but it was more like the theatrics of, like, here's how they're, they're selling the punches, and, like, that's the element of it. it but, was in more but, but, like, he would he'd be like, here's a clip of a match, and, like, what would he use to teach? That's what I'm going to ask. Oh, it was, I think it was mostly for, like, like stage combat kind of stuff. Okay, so he used the wrestling as the... Uh, like, here's... Like, yeah, he... And the show I was just in, he was like, yeah, that slap looked fake, and that's from a guy who loves wrestling, <laughs> who loves pro wrestling. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. So anyway, Kurt Fuller, super uh, typical 80s bad guy office. Lots of big windows. Lots of really fancy crap. A giant thing of crystal. Yeah. A giant crystal. Well, that's what he smashes over Hulk Hogan's face. But Mm -hmm. I'm talking about once he gets Hulk Hogan to come into his office. Oh, yeah. And Hulk is in full Cobra Kai gear. Straight out Cobra Kai. Yeah, He's about to go be the guest lecturer at Cobra Kai gym. He wears weird karate outfits throughout the movie, but they just change the colors of it. Mm -hmm. This first one is black and red, so it's kind of menacing. But later there's like baby blue. blue. sky. It's like actually a sky pattern with clouds. And so he just is constantly wearing these weird karate clothes and fingerless gloves and high boots. And and, uh, and a do rag. Yeah. Well, you got to cover that bald head. He de- never did though in the ring. I know, but when you're lighting a movie, that's got to be an extra stage of like light is going to reflect off his you enormous powder. head. You powder. <laughs> I don't makeup know if- department, get in here. <laughs> you think Hulk Hogan's wearing makeup? Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. I think that's natural Hulkster all the way. I don't think so. There's no. I don't think that gloss comes natural. Oh, the, he, he certainly oils up. Uh huh. But I'm talking about like I don't think Hulk Hogan is like getting a getting a powder and a makeup going. I think he is because there's a lot of times in this movie when he's just everyone in this movie. Kurt Fuller has several scenes where he's just damply sweaty, and it doesn't advance the plot. He just looks sweaty and uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. So I think there might not have been a makeup person on the set of No Holds Barred. <laughs> Hulkster doesn't need no makeup, brother. 
I also I can't get over the fact that you called that Vince and him wrote this movie. We'll have to get into that more because the idea of the two of them sitting down to write a movie together is I, the greatest I think, thing I in history. I think that of the world. scene in the hotel room in the movie is the, is <laughs> is them writing the movie. <laughs> All right, we'll progress through the plot and get to these things. I'm sorry for dilly, you know, zipping all over the place. Hulk has to sit in the world's smallest chair. It is a... It didn't break. No, I was so disappointed that we they didn't were get like, they, they, had, they, they did a creak as he sat, and then he like held it, and then leaned back more, and it creaked even more. And I was like, oh, is he going to break through this like like Louis, Louis the 14th, 14th yeah. chair? Like, come on. I really wanted Hulk to be onto the floor, and then everyone has to like fawn all over themselves and be like, oh, it's okay. It's fine. We'll get it's a fix. junk, and then they'll break the other yeah, one. Just yeah, yeah. Like, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. That's what I wanted. Like, typical 80s rich guy, a-hole, but bad guy. But we didn't get that. Kurt Fuller calls him a jockass instead of a jackass. A million times. Yeah. So many times. They made up this word. I'm sure Vince and Hulk thought it was the funniest. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna call him a jockass. Unless that's what Vince calls Hulk. Like, that's their pet name. <laughs> They're just like, you jockass. <laughs> I don't know what Vince McMahon sounds like. <laughs> it's kind of like this. Oh, my God. You're fired. That's sort of in the ballpark of Vince McMahon. Is Harvey Firestein his father? He he was an on-screen character for a lot of times, and he was just like an angry, veins-bulging guy. He wasn't in the music video. The, the what? He wasn't in the music video for um, Goonies, right? No, Hulk is not. Or, uh, Hulk is not in the music video, but it's also... Um, it's there's no Vince McMahon in there. There's classy Freddie Blassie and you know, a bunch of other guys from that era, but no no Vince McMahon. But he didn't become a he was a commentator and then he became like an on screen bad guy in the in the late nineties. He was the authority figure who was like screwing over everybody and getting into fights with everybody. But he sort of talks like this. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm not doing a very good job, but it's in that ballpark of like, You're fired, Austin. Oh. That's sort of what he sounds like. Oh Stone Cold? Yeah, gotcha. yeah. As opposed to like, listen, brother. Gotcha. You're up a little bit higher. Oh. Yeah. He also had the greatest walk in history. It's like he was trying to occupy as much space as possible. Mm-hmm. So he would like flail his arms and like he kicked his legs out kind of side to side and flailed his arms. Like an octopus. I, I, yeah. He kind of like wiggles his whole body out and about, like swinging his arms rapidly or wildly and kicking his legs. He's it looks like. It's described, been described as trying to take up as much space as possible when walking and while still propelling yourself forward. We'll get to them writing this movie because we have to have a discussion about that. But the limo driver to take uh, Rip back to wherever the hell he's going is clearly up to no good. He's mm-hmm. not listening to directions. Taking wrong turns. Yeah. And then steel plates <laughs> slide up out of nowhere. Over all the windows. all the glass. Yes. And the divider partition between the front is and back. Steel. Steel. Yeah. <laughs> so Hulk starts trying to kick out of it and they're trying to make him look like, you know, Superman. So he's kicking the in- kicking the door from the inside of the car and the dents that pop out on the outside of the car are exactly the shape of the hit the head of a hammer. Yeah. Like a ball peen hammer. Yeah. Bong, bong. Yeah. I don't know why no one on set had a sledgehammer available or something like that, but this is the worst foot kicking metal thing I've ever seen. Or in even my life. tried to like make a shape of a foot with a hammer. Yeah. But, I mean, just just one at a time, little hammer whack. The limo leads us to our first fight, stunt fight of the movie, mm-hmm. which is Hulk and between one and five anonymous bad guys. Yeah, I think it was four. Yeah, who have various weapons that they have found around this empty warehouse. Mm-hmm. It's like flash dance and footloose <laughs> are about to happen. <laughs> yeah, but no sparks. That comes later. No. <laughs> no. 
but uh, you know he gets it with a pipe, and then he throws a guy into some barrels. Then he throws people through pieces of the limousine, and then we get to the final guy who is the limo driver. And I'll let you take this from here. He pooped himself. <laughs> but the movie says just says Dookie. No, do it the way he does it. I don't Dookie. Hulk Hogan grabs this guy by the lapels, mm-hmm. and they're like nose to nose, and he starts sniffing like. <laughs> He growls like a dog and starts sniffing. I was like, is he a werewolf now? Because this movie just got awesome. What's that smell? Dookie. And this is the moment when I said, you know what? I bet Vince McMahon wrote this. And that's when I looked it up and found out that, yes, in fact, he did. God, and you why were right. Is that? He, throughout the years of WWF, has just constantly. The, the stories you hear from backstage about him are amazing. But one of the things you often hear is anything that involves poop or vomit mm-hmm. or pee or. The puke. Yeah, all Vince McMahon. So if there's anything involving Vince, it's going to be really generic, crappy toilet humor for children. Gotcha. Well, that's his movie. Yep. And I was like, oh, that guy pooped himself. That's a Vince McMahon joke. Let me see. Let me see about this. And then sure enough, (laughs) yep, they wrote it together. But imagine this scenario, right? Like you're a fly on the wall in this Florida house. In comes Vince McMahon and Hulk Hogan lugging typewriters (laughs) because it's 1989. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so the two of them... They the electric typewriters, so they're even heavier. Yeah. So the two of them settle down in this house. They got some snacks. They got Slim a case Jim. of beer. They got Slim Jim. Yeah. Slim Jim. Snap into a Slim Jim. Yeah. A Dorito, you know, a couple of candy bars, some, some protein for the Hulkster. And they sit down and they write a movie together. For 72 hours. Did without it, sleeping. Did it say how much of the original script they kept? It doesn't. It just says that they wrote it in 72 hours straight, which presumably means they didn't sleep. Yeah. Now... I'm gonna. This is gonna be a podcast where I just keep dropping weird Vince McMahon knowledge. But he supposedly only sleeps three hours a night, so not a big loss for him. Oh yeah, you said that. Yeah, he he's kind and of a crazy person. Sneezing. Yes, that's the story I was gonna tell. He the the story I heard was that he was like in a pitch meeting with somebody. Somebody was pitching him a story for wrestling, you know, some you know, storyline for the show, and then Vince sneezes and is like, "God, shut up, a bitch!" And then said to the guy that he can't stand sneezing because it's the one time and one thing in his life he's not in control of. Which would make sense why he would take over the writing of this movie, too, because it is his, you know, his baby, Hulk Hogan, yeah. his big star, rather. Hulk meets his new assistant, whose name I don't Not, remember. No, she was, I don't think she was an assistant so much. She was, like, supposed to be his, like, marketing campaign manager or something. She definitely came in as, like, here's a bunch of marketing ideas. Yeah, I, I think they said she came from, like, a marketing firm. Okay, but I thought is, she was supposed to be his. question was valid of what marketing firm did they go to? <laughs> well, I mean, you need to market wrestling. Where did she come from? What firm sent her? Oh, the marketing firm. She's not a real marketing agent. <laughs> yeah, but they were like, we need to get a marketing person. And so they, they got her. But I don't, I want to know what marketing firm they went to. Like, was it, was, was it like made up completely by like Cable Town? <laughs> it's World Television Network. Thank you. <laughs> Cable Town. WTN. Oh, so you're, but you're, you're spoiling the movie already. We haven't even gotten to her being a double agent. So your question is, how does this woman who becomes a double agent later in the movie end up working for the good guys? Yes. Okay. Like what, like, did they send her, did she have to become a real marketing agent and get a job at this agency? Maybe she was a marketing agent for real. And then Cable Town got to her and flipped her to the other side and money talks. That's true. That could be a possibility. We didn't see any of these things, so really anything we say can be true. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to go with that. That makes that is the least weird way that this would have worked out. 
that they they were like, oh, this woman's working for them now. Let's see if we can get her on our side. I like the, I like the idea that they they put her through school to become like the Manchurian candidate. Yeah, the whole time <laughs> it's like a ten year long con. <laughs> yeah. like one day <laughs> this girl will be. Rip useful. Thomas is going to need a marketing. Assistant. I don't think they I don't think they knew who was going to be before. They're like, someone's going to need a marketing agent. We'll get her in there. Or maybe they have like a fleet of people. Yeah, like one's an accountant. They have a couple dudes. They have a couple girls. It depends on like who they're going for. But they all have different like areas of expertise. One's yeah. an accountant. Another mm-hmm. one is a business executive. And they just like have this roster of people at the ready to call in and be their sleeper agents. Yeah. Like, they're the T-1000s of Game <laughs> And they have like a fake area that they put them under so they can be hired by so they're not like world television network mm-hmm. employees so they have like a fake holding company that has exactly. you know, marketing okay <laughs> that's the most elaborate thing in the world to get to very generic marketing assistant positions it's so fun all right i'll give you that one so hulk is gonna take his lady out new assistant lady for dinner no she's taking him out. that's right that's right that's and how you know that she means business yeah she is a business a woman. busy business woman yeah she doesn't have time for your this and that mm-hmm. she has time for one thing only i'm picking you up at eight dress fancy if you can because you're wearing another cobra <laughs> kai outfit at this point a gi <laughs> and a do-rag is not gonna work for this dinner that i'm taking this you fancy to. french restaurant it is not a hooters <laughs> oh. It's inside a church, I think. I thought it was. I, I mean, clearly and it was shot in a, a church. It was absolutely 100% shot in a church. There's like a big stained glass window, and it's got essentially a pulpit at the one <laughs> end of it. But I think it must just have been cheap to shoot there. I'm guessing. Hulk is wearing the whitest outfit. It looks like the poster for twins. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do you even know about that? Uh, that movie? Do, but do you even know the story of twins and Hulk Hogan? No. Hulk Hogan was in a movie called Suburban Commando uh-huh. with Christopher Lloyd, our okay. good friend of the podcast. Mm-hmm. And Schwarzenegger and Dan DeVito were paired up. Hogan was supposed to be in Twins with Christopher Lloyd. And DeVito and Schwarzenegger were supposed to be in Suburban Commando. And Schwarzenegger and DeVito were like, this is terrible. We'll take the, we're going to take this other movie. And that's why they did Twins and Hulk Hogan did Suburban Commando. Oh, he's so an like, alien who lands on Earth and like runs into Christopher Lloyd's family and like hilarity ensues. He skateboards. It was in my regular rotation. Yeah, it was my regular rotation as a five-year-old renting from the video store. <laughs> Better than my choices at the video store. So Hulk Hogan was almost in Twins. So he and Christopher Lloyd would have been the twins. Yes. That's near, not nearly as hilarious as Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's pretty sad. Christopher Lloyd is a very slight person. Yeah, but he's not tiny. I think the visual gag of, for me, I think it's funnier if like Danny De- like two foot tall Danny DeVito and like million mile tall Arnold Schwarzenegger are supposed to be twins. Yeah. I think that's funnier. But Hulk, like, Hulk Hogan is a similar size to Schwarzenegger, so oh, you yeah, would get that... that giant like human upside down triangle thing happening. Yeah. Just the widest shoulders on Earth. But I think this suit was actually what they used to white balance the cameras. Oh, yeah. Because it's that white. It's Mm -hmm. not like... And it's the only white suit in the shot? Yes. So your eye goes right to it. And it's not just white suit. It's white suit, white shirt, unbuttoned to about the navel. (laughs) Yeah, right. White belt, white pants, white shoes. Mm Mm-hmm. All white. The P. Diddy of outfits. (laughs) He throws those white parties in the Hamptons. They're legendary. Yeah. He, well, he has those legendary hats. Yeah, I know the White parties. Party. I, I know. I, I know him. That's a reference. That's a real reference. In case somebody didn't know what I was talking about, it'd be weird if I called P. Diddy the all-white something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. People would be confused. 
So this leads us to your stereotypical snooty French waiter. Mm-hmm. At which point I said to you, is Hulk going to punch this guy or speak French? And I said, he's going to punch him. This movie isn't subtle enough for Hulk to speak French. But what happens is better than what I even thought. It turns out not only does Hulk speak French, but he's a regular and the whole staff knows who he is. The Except chef comes for out. for this waiter. He's new. Oh, right. He's new. The chef comes out and is like, oh, Michel Reap, how are you today? Because the bus, because the bus boy came over yeah. first, and they got Raider was rude to him and like sent him away. Yeah, and Hulk was like made a face. If you are looking for le hamburger américain or le footlong hot dog, they are not on the menu. And then the the I don't chef do very good out. French. You don't. Nope. Not even not even close. And then the chef came out and was like, "Why did you not tell us he was here?" And we were like. <laughs> Why did you let me do a bad French accent for six minutes of the show when you have that in the pocket? That's when you just be like, let me do this funny joke. Because it's so much better to watch you do it. <laughs> just, just do it. It's funnier if it's at least close to right. I think it's funny both ways. <laughs> so they send the waiter away and they bring out and, and he's like, the usual, Monsieur Rip. <laughs> and you're like... Wait, and then Hulk Hogan speaks French. <laughs> but it's like, the best. I'll, I'm going to try to drop the clip in here uh, if I can. Oui, bien sûr. J'ai faim. But if I can't get it to you, it is like Hulk Hogan's grunty, halty English, but French words coming out. Mm-hmm. So it's like, a, hey, brother, we're going to have some of that uh, escargot, por favor. That's Spanish. Spanish. That's about as good as he is. Si vous play. <laughs> Some escargot, si vous play. There we go. Yeah. That's about as good as the Hulkster speak Spanish. Smash cut to our friends at WTN oh, looking yeah. for their own wrestlers. I don't know what their end game was because they ended up creating a sport. <laughs> they created UFC fighting. Is it's even U- in an eight-sided ring. Is that UFC? what UFC fighting essentially is? Is there no rules in UFC? There's rules, but UFC fighting is like you can do wrestling, you can do submission maneuvers, you can do punching and kicking and all that stuff. MMA stuff. Yeah, mixed martial arts. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there are rules. You can't just, like, you know, snap a chair over a guy's head. Mm-hmm. But it's essentially mixed fighting, and that's what they do. And it even has an eight-sided ring. Yeah. Um, yeah, they go into this, like, gross dive bar that's, like, full of cliches and tropes. Yeah, it's the clichéest bar in the world. It's it's kind of like an X-Men where we first meet Wolverine. Yeah. And he's like cage fighting a dude. That Wolverine scene is clearly ri- written by someone who has watched No Holds Barred yes. and is a fan. Yeah. Because it's the same exact plot line, except that Wolverine's has an actual cage mm-hmm. instead of rope. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then there's the nerdy guys yeah. who are with the mustache twirling cable town executive yeah you've got your two sniveling assistants of course and the waitress just keeps snorting all the time which is I, really can't, I thought she was me. gonna keep sp- i thought she was gonna spit yeah it's she snorts like <laughs> like you're gonna hawk a loogie and then just never hawks the loogie so i don't know what she does with it she just swallows a lot of loogies i guess she's just a, a loogie gross, swallowing waitress gross woman yeah well, she's supposed to be disgusting, but it'd be more disgusting if she spit. Yeah. It's far grosser if she, like, <laughs> on the floor and there's a big old lung mm-hmm. booger hanging out. And instead, it just... <laughs> or, like, onto her tray or something. Yeah, in a glass. Mm-hmm. Any, on the back of one of the sniveling guy's ties. There's any number of ways this could be done humorously. And instead, she just snorts a lot. And we're like... But it's not even like a Coke snort. It is a no. loogie snort. Yeah, it's a... It's a <laughs> 
thing that happens. They, of course, are the big, rich jerkwads in a dive bar, and they want a dry martini, They're and the they want scotch. Yeah, yeah. The only sleeves in the, rest in, the, in the bar are on these guys. So she's like, we don't got your fancy drinks here. I'll just bring you some beers. And so magically, the beers appear. Mm-hmm. And at this point, we see that there's a dwarf in a cage throwing peanuts into their beer glasses. Yeah. Who also has a chalkboard and chalk. Yep. To write messages. And a drink up there. Yeah. Cans of beer that he mm-hmm. opens while he's up there. Mm-hmm. So in this cage, that there's somehow a hidden compartment that holds all these things. And he just keeps throwing peanuts into the guy's cup from or he's above. he's like a zoo animal. <laughs> That's what they do in Florida. They keep dwarves in the... In it's like the hamster cage with the, with the, with the water <laughs> cup and the wheel. Yeah, except it's a human's rights, human rights violation. <laughs> yeah. Florida. <laughs> Florida. To be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if this bar actually existed in Florida. No, Florida's N- crazy. Nothing surprises me about that state. <laughs> no. Not a thing. Between bath salts and... Yeah, you got bath salt zombies. And alligators everywhere. Yeah, nothing would surprise me about Florida. But they also loop this shot of the little person in the cage. They loop the shot of him throwing peanuts into his beer like three times. Yeah. It's the exact same shot of like, Haha, and then he's up there saying creepy things like, oh, hurry back now. Yeah, he, he writes smile on the chalkboard and shows it to him. Yeah, stop being so creeped out in our creepy, <laughs> rapey bar. Yeah, right. They, they uh, snorty waitress leads to her brother who who has what i'm convinced is an entire pack of dip in his in his mouth it's, i think that's chewing tobacco not dip isn't that the same thing no it's your, this is more like your red man like what they chew in the sandlot oh. that you actually yeah chew and not just well, then he's got a whole pack of chewing tobacco yeah, in his mouth a whole pouch mm-hmm. and like, he tells them can't close his mouth all the way no and there's out there's just tobacco juice running down his chin into his uh soup saver of his goatee and he he spits on somebody the one of the sniveler's shoes at one point, but he also informs us of the rules, which is last one standing wins. Don't kill just nobody. don't kill nobody, which is I mean a good rule for life. Yeah, generally speaking. But that's the rules of this bar fight because the referee is at the bar getting drunk and and uh, touched affectionately by two women who aren't paying attention to the fight. Yeah, I think so. That was the basic gist of it. He hops into the thing, into the ropes, the octagon. Because he gets paid to. Yeah. He's going to, he's going to take a couple hundred or a couple, couple of bucks getting this fight. Never mm. dis- is it specified how many dollars, but he goes in. Because well, the waitress comes over and says, we only take cash. Yeah. And so the head of Cable Town pulls out what I assume was a hundred. But it could have been a 20. Yeah. Because the beer's probably a dollar in this bar. Oh, that's true. So it could easily have been a, a $17 fight payday for this oh, guy I hope not yeah it's just sad yeah so he gets in there and fighting in a half shirt mm-hmm. and pants that are like weirdly rolled down at the top yeah it's like they're too big but he has them as like a rope on them to keep them up and, and rolled down over the it's a weird outfit all the outfits in this movie are weird yeah cobra kai except for except for the cable town news executives who just wear suits, suits. everything in this movie is bizarre mm-hmm. clothing wise so he gets in, he wins his fight, and he dumps a whole... He can lift a whole keg of beer and somehow poke a hole in it. It was a smaller it. keg. It was like the, the Heineken kegs it, that you get now. It's like a sixtal, I guess. It's a little about double the size of that Heineken thing, probably. Oh, yeah. But he punches a hole in it with his thumb and then holds it over his head and just dumps and, beer on like himself. Like flash dances himself. Yeah. And then like... And for some reason, Cable Town guy's like, I've got it. <laughs> this is it. $17 paydays. Mm-hmm. 
So then the two sniveling guys go into the bathroom and start bad-mouthing. Which is called the VD room. Yeah, the VD room. And this bathroom is your... Like, I vomited. I wanted to vomit just looking at through a television screen. Of all the gross bathrooms I've ever seen in television and movies, this might be the grossest. Yeah, for sure. And I'm saying that complimentarily. Like, whoever did the set design, good job. Unless they didn't. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, if it was just a real bar they found. Oh, that That's, would be the saddest. That was my first thought. Oh. With Vince McMahon at the helm, who knows? <laughs> Wow, this is perfect. Shoot he's, it. He's Cable Town. He's the Cable Town executive. Uh, anyway, the VD bathroom. room has great graffiti. Great uh, graffiti. Zombie lives or no. zombies. No, zombie, it was zombies live, but I thought it was zombies live, like they were a band. Well, the zombies are a real band. I know. Like time of the season. Yeah. Do you think the zombies are that far down in their career that they're playing? The- maybe, I don't know. Maybe they did it one time play this bar. <laughs> it's the time of the season. Maybe they- at one time they played this bar and that the graffiti has never gone away or been covered up. Uh, there's pencil neck geek. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no, no hippies, hippies punks. punks. And it's not no hippies and punks. Or and it's not no hippies or, or punks. punks. It's no hippies punks. Yeah. So I don't know what the what the what that's supposed to be. I don't either. And at this point we get creepy. Uh, oh, we got an overflowing trough as well with pee just like blah, spilling onto blah, the floor. Blah, blah. Things floating in it. <laughs> Beer cups and cans. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, don't, what, you don't remember the troughs at the old Veteran Stadium? No, I don't remember <laughs> old Veteran Stadium. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's a seminal moment in my life. The first time I peed in a trough. I would. I, nope. <laughs> It's disgusting. I'm with you, but they start they start making fun of everyone in the sure. bar. Like already, people have there's more people than teeth in this bar. Blah blah <laughs> blah blah blah. Is that an actual line? Because that's funnier than anything else in this movie. No. I oh, mean, okay. I think I made that one up. And then all of a sudden, they hear poop sounds. Real disgusting poops. Poop sounds. It's like Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> it is like Maximum Overdrive. Although I guess that means we have to put this episode out after that one now. Not necessarily. Or stay tuned. <laughs> That's right. It could flashback, be flashback, re listen to Maximum Overdrive, <laughs> or stay tuned for Maximum Overdrive. That's right. I don't know what it's going to be. Yes. Poop sounds the likes of which we haven't heard since Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or that you will hear about soon in Maximum Overdrive. There's a lot of poop plopping. And so the two guys are still peeing and turn towards each other and theoretically are peeing on each other. <laughs> no, there point. is a trough. No, they turn completely and go, oh no. I think they were done peeing. I think they do like a, well, what's that? Stop the pee and turn. Oh, I, I, thought, that, I thought there was a joke about peeing on each other. Oh, I don't think so. And then... I think it's a halted stream situation. Half shirt, roll down pants. <laughs> kicks face. in his door. Like, kicks the door <laughs> out. Out, yeah. The only stall in the bathroom with a working door now has <laughs> no door. No door. He, and he goes and grabs them both to like... I th- it looked like he was going to put their head in the pee. <laughs> But then he looks down. I was certain they were going into the pee because, again, at this point, I've realized Vince, Vince McMahon wrote, wrote this movie. movie. Like, ah, we'll, we'll put him in the pee. Ha, ha, ha. And then he looks down and says. <laughs> but that means that because that, certainly Vince McMahon wanted to put him in the pee. So Hulk Hogan had God. to be the voice of reason <laughs> in this situation. And say, no. Listen, let's... listen, Vinny. What we'll do instead, we'll have him talk about them having small dicks, brother. That was it. He looks down. Who this man would never have looked at a dick. He would have been like, "You're a you're a homo," and then drowned them in the pee. 
<laughs> Roll credits. You would have dropped him in a piss trap. <laughs> was it? You're a homo. <laughs> bubble, bubble, bubble. Drowned. And then he wouldn't even wash his hands. No, he would have wiped them off on his half shirt and moved about his day. <laughs> Roll credits. Cable Town loses. But in this universe, this man looks down and says, you have tiny dicks. Both of you. You're not worth it. He and looks, then leaves. He looks at first one and then the other. It's like, you got a tiny dick. Oh, you he also got, got a tiny dick. dick. <laughs> Never mind. You're I don't need to make it. you suffer anymore. Like he's at a gay bar or something. <laughs> well, that's the thing. They talked about there being a gay bar across the street yeah. at the beginning of the scene. Mm-hmm. So maybe oh, right. he just goes to both places. He does. And he forgot where he was for a minute. <laughs> Oh, I'm dying. So, anyway. <laughs> Homo. Gurgle, gurgle, gurgle. Oh, sweet Jesus. Or maybe the costume department was like, we don't have time to clean these, these costumes. <laughs> oh, my, the, no, the actors were like, listen, we have to keep wearing these. For the rest of the movie. <laughs> and we like, don't change. Yeah, we have to be in this same suit. Please don't get it dunked in the fake pee. <laughs> I know it's fake pee, but still. Do I don't know it's fake pee. <laughs> <laughs> this trough looks for real dirty, not movie dirty. <laughs> Costume designer was like, look, no, make a gay joke and move on. What if he said, you got a small dick, brother, and you got a small dick, brother, and moved on? Sure. Give me a paycheck. Typey, 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 typey. At which point the actor went, you don't have to write that. I can can just say that. You told me what to say. So at this point, we get into the plot of the movie, and it's explained by Kurt Fuller that he's going to have... The uh, toughest guy in the world? No. World's biggest tough guy. <laughs> Strongest tough guy? <laughs> you hate it so much you don't even remember yeah, it? I block it out. <laughs> it is the... It's tough guy, isn't it? Yeah, it's something tough guy. The world's best tough World's guy? toughest guy? <laughs> I don't think it's world's toughest guy. I wouldn't have hated that as much. Hang on. This is how prepared we are. The battle of the tough guys. There we go. World's toughest guys would have been a much better name. Like wrestling bells. <laughs> I'm not going to take the 20 minutes it would take to explain the wrestling bells joke to the people <laughs> listening to this. So I'm going to either have to delete that out or just leave it and confuse everyone. Wrestling podcast. <laughs> Unless you want to do a wrestling podcast. No, I don't know. <laughs> no. Anyway, the Battle of the Tough Guys. Is that what it's called? Yeah, the Battle of the Tough Guys. <laughs> okay. I hate it so much. <laughs> okay. The prize is $100,000 tax-free. Each week? Yeah. not We think? Yeah. That clearly was what they say. Mm-hmm. So, that's a lot of money, one. The Cable Town can just throw away. Yeah. Two, what is the ability they have to make it tax-free? I guess they're paying the taxes on it? That's what I don't understand. They, I mean, I guess that's a thing they could do. Like, we'll also pay your taxes. Yeah. So your prize is 100k plus tax money. But they don't explain. It. They just $100,000 tax free. And the government's like, that's fine. You guys have a cable network. You know Cable's what you're legit. doing. Yeah. At this point, we are introduced to our bad guy after the first fight happens and he's not Michael Clark Duncan. Nope. His name is Tiny Lister. He's been in a lot of movies. I think he's been in a couple Adam Sandler movies even. Yes. He was in Little Nicky. I looked that up on Wikipedia. Oh, okay. 
Uh, he comes down to the ring, says... No, his... he drops a waitress by her face into a barrel of peanuts. <laughs> First. He's on the top of the... He knocks down a steel, like, door, like a riveted steel door on the top floor somehow. <laughs> a waitress runs up the steps to take his order or tell him to leave, and he grabs her by the face and lifts her up and drops her into a barrel of peanuts the floor below. This movie is so ridiculous. For 13-year-old boys in 1989. <laughs> he has Z saved on the side of his head. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we know his name is Zeus yet. We just no. see the Zs. When do we learn his name is Zeus? I feel like we don't. He says it. I feel like we don't learn that until like 20 Zeus. or 30 minutes later. Oh, right. He has the creepy whisper. One of only, I believe, two lines of his in the movie. Yeah. He really doesn't and talk. I, and, and Rip fight me or yeah. something. Yeah. So he... Comes in the ring, decimates everybody. Kurt Fuller hops in the ring, tells him he's won $100,000. He is wearing a convict shirt, so it's established he's a convict. Then we get a whole bunch of plot of him being like, oh, he's a bad guy, and Hulk kind of knows him from some past no, thing. No, Hulk doesn't. His trainer does. Oh, that's Hulk, right. The, the, uh, the black guy. Hulk's, Hulk's Lando, essentially. No, no, no. Hulk's Duke, if you're trying to make the Rocky analogy. I am. The trainer you're looking for, his name is Duke. Played by Lando. No, Luke. Lando plays uh, Apollo. Apollo Creed. Yes, Duke is Apollo Creed's trainer, who is the wise, older African American gentleman. Trained Rocky in the second one. Rocky forgot how to throw a punch. No, in Rocky two, he fights Apollo again. In Rocky three, which is the one that Hulk Hogan is in, Apollo trains him so he can fight Mister T. That's it, yeah, because he. That's what. That's what I was going for. In Rocky Four, Apollo dies, and is then Rocky is trained by turned into a robot. Rocky is trained by Duke, the older African American gentleman that this guy in this movie is clearly based on. Oh, and who was also in Rocky One and Two. Oh, really? Yes, as Apollo's trainer. Oh, so right film franchise, wrong reference. You needed Duke, like the GI Joe. We'll get there. Real American hero. Go down. This podcast is a mess. <laughs> Derailing. <laughs> We're so far away from the train track at this point. How are we still moving? Everybody, hold on. I don't know what's happening. Hold on to your butt. We go to week two of fighting championship. Battle of the tough guys. Yeah, battle of the tough guys. And it's backstage brawl mode. So is he getting $100,000 each week? He certainly got hundred grand after the first week. Because that's a hell of a paycheck. It is. But you have to remember the production value on this show is... We show up to a place and shoot at the place with whatever's going on. This factory is just shooting flames and sparks right, everywhere. Yeah. No one has stopped working, except the guys that kind of like are kind of half working, half watching the fight. So it's still a working factory. The, the rent there has to be pretty cheap if you want to shoot a program there. Yeah, I guess. So it's bra- backstage brawl mode, classic wrestling mode, which I guess at this point wasn't a wrestling mode, but the fighting in the backstage part and hitting each other with the sort of things. He uses the fakest looking wrench I've ever seen in a movie. But it's it's like a video game character, like Ratchet and Clank style. Yes, like it's as big as he is. No, that wrench is a, like a, looks at least like a monkey wrench. But the second wrench he uses is like a single cut out piece of wood that's painted black. Like there's no oh. movement to it at all. It's just a, a solid piece. Tiny Lester wins again. Zeus mm-hmm. thought he was going to throw him into a fire. Yeah, I was really looking forward to the part where he's going to murder a guy. But I thought this movie wouldn't have murder. Right, I was wrong. Yep. Spoiler alerts. <laughs> we'll get to the murders and the mayhem. Um. So, Hulk Hogan is now wearing cloudy Cobra Kai. Mm-hmm. They're flying on a small plane to somewhere, and Hulk is like... The Hulk has been before. Yeah, I know the best restaurant times. here, brother. A lot. He's been there a lot. He's a regular, brother. 
takes her in there, and they get their food. The sassy black waitress is sassy. Yeah. Oh, Rip, you so wild. If I was married, if I wasn't married, I'll uh-huh. have you for myself. Yeah, terrible stereotype characters. And then a robbery happens. Mm-hmm. The guys come in with guns. The sassy Three waitress gets accosted. Two bad guys. Accost the waitress. She's all afraid. And mm-hmm. then Hulk says to his date, When I move, you get down. And rips a stool from the counter and screams, "Everybody get down!" <laughs> and the cop and the robbers do nothing. Well, except cower in fear. No, they don't even do that. They're like, <laughs> "What?" And turn into the stool. Well, the first one does get belted with a stool. As he says, "Get down!" He throws a stool. So mm-hmm. that it's pretty much like a "What's that?" Bang in the head with a stool. But guy number two just gets food thrown at him. It's like a bad Gallagher show. He just starts throwing whipping pies at this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a banana cream. Here's a cherry. <laughs> here's a alamode. Like just whipping him at the guy. Mm-hmm. And they proceed to have a brawl over this restaurant and destroy the place. At least four tables are destroyed, and he clears off an entire... He, he destroyed all of their dessert case, basically. Yes. And then he does the classic, like, put the guy on the counter and sweep the counter with him. Mm-hmm. So he ruined all of that food and plates, and presumably hit some people along the way. Yeah. Then he throws them behind the, the, the Into counter. Like, mug, like a, a, tr- a shelf full of mugs. Shelf's broken. Mm-hmm. Shelf's ruined. The signboard gets smashed. He's, he does at least $5,000 worth of damage in this For diner. a robbery that probably would have taken $200. If that. It was a tiny diner. It was probably $50 yeah. in cash in that thing. And everyone is like, oh. That's my man. You're the hero. Yay. Like, you just ruined the whole diner. Are you going to be paying for this? Or like, <laughs> what, what? What? Thanks, I guess. <laughs> like, you saved our lives. Yeah, but it, we... We didn't need to have our lives saved if you hadn't just started fighting the robbers. They're just going to leave. They were, she gave them the money. They were about to leave. <laughs> Clearly, this was over. And instead, you just start throwing, <laughs> ripping stools out of the restaurant and throwing <laughs> yeah. them at people. That's an expensive thing to replace. A yeah. stool's not cheap. <laughs> or the foundation that you destroyed in ripping the stool out of the Yeah, ground. just completely ruined this entire restaurant for absolutely no reason. Now they have to share a hotel room because... No, they always had to share a hotel room, but they're supposed to be twin beds. Well, no, no, it was, it was, I can't believe there's no other rooms available and we have to share. There better be twin beds. Oh, yeah. Of course, there's no twin beds. Because womp womp. And then Hulk wears the tiniest shorts. <laughs> that are slit up the side like I don't Angelina think could, Jolie at the Oscars. I don't think you can call them shorts. Because like, there's a waistband mm-hmm. and the material connects along the front and the, and the back mm-hmm. and you know down underneath, obviously. But they're slit all the way up the sides. But they're attached in the crotch. Yeah. But does that constitute a short? Because there's only so. the well, there's there's a shared leg wall in the middle. I think the shared leg wall makes it a short. Okay. Because it's, it's like a skirt with the seam on the inside instead of the outside. A little bit, yeah. It's like a reverse skirt. A revert. <laughs> but I think as long as there's something in the middle, you can call it shorts. Okay. And or his shirt, sport, and his shirt is so long that it's hanging over it. And at one point, I thought he was naked. Yeah, like he was going to do like a, a you know a Donald Duck. <laughs> he was Donald Duck. Yeah, and she's in the bathroom like brushing her teeth and doing things. He puts a strip of medical tape across the room that is somehow strong enough to hold up a comforter. Yeah, a hotel comforter. Yeah, and then they're going to share the bed by putting you know your standard. This is my half. This is your half. Mm-hmm. She lays in the bed. He clearly doesn't fit on his half so they never <laughs> shoot him laying down in the bed no he has to like awkwardly sit holding his knees like a teenage girl mm-hmm. because if he laid down he would take up that entire bed yeah hulk hogan is a massive human being yeah huge absolutely ginormous and so 
she falls asleep. They have like an awkward fight. She she goes to bed. But then he starts working out in the middle of the night? Yeah, wearing like the smallest underwear. Smallest briefs I've ever seen. Like, like string lady- bikini on the like it's a string bikini. Yeah, it's lady it's like sexy lingerie for a lady that Hulk Hogan <laughs> squeezed his her, ass into. He took it out of her purse. <laughs> <laughs> he went digging through her purse or her bag rather until it. he found it and was yeah. like, Oh, these look great. Perfect. <laughs> Didn't destroy them and putting them on. <laughs> This makes my glutes pop, brother. And but the, the movie wants you to think he's jerking it. Yeah, it's absolutely supposed but to be. The person who like set it up has never masturbated in their life to <laughs> set up this joke properly because it's like <laughs> the person who set up this joke is either Hulk Hogan or Vince McMahon or a woman. No, it's the two of them wrote this movie. Yeah, but they someone a director on set had to put this together. <laughs> there is one hundred percent no way that joke is not in the script. Oh, I know it is, but someone had to be like put it around, like arrange it. He's doing like awkward push-ups at a high speed with his heels on the bed. Yeah, no, no, with his feet on the bed. You can see his heels, but his feet are on the bed. But the bed is shaking, and he's grunting aggressively. And so she wakes up, and it's like, "What's happening? The whole bed's shaking." And then you see Hulk Hogan's heels, which I didn't know what that was supposed to be. I thought it was a butt, and then I was confused. Yeah, I was like, "Really white?" That is (laughs) the only part of him that's not hot dog tan. And then they go back to sleep again. He says something over his shoulder that I don't remember. Sorry, I didn't wake, mean to wake you up there. <laughs> yeah. And then she goes back to sleep and then somehow falls through the curtain. No, he lays down on the bed and the bed breaks under his oh. massive weight because he's huge. And she flips on top of him. he's the thing. But this whole thing is so gross. Like, it's really lecherous and lecherously lit. And he's the whole movie is like eye-raping this girl. He's really rapey. Hulk Hogan's sex tape is less disgusting than this movie. And he has actual sex in that. <laughs> and that's not something I ever needed or wanted to see. I didn't see it. But it was on Gawker and they had still images. And it was like, I guarantee you <laughs> that that sex tape that is... That grainy green sex tape. Yeah. I guarantee you that is less disgusting than this movie where he just constantly eye-rapes this poor woman who's just... Trying to be an actress. She just wants to be an actress. That was her crime. That would be her star turn. Yeah, nope. It is not your star turn. After the smallest briefs, she falls on top of him, and he finally broke a piece of furniture, which I was looking forward to the whole movie. And he says to her, as she gets all mad at him, like, you build bigger walls than I ever do. Oh my god, I remember that line. And at that point, you like left the room for a bit, because you needed a break. I I went to get a snack, but (laughs) I I heard that from the kitchen and just turned. And the Hulkster, Hulkster was dropping some some truth there. Smash cut to Cable Town. No, I think this was Rip Sports for Kids, the charity promotion. No, I think that because then that was the right way. Like you can't even seduce him. Oh, you're right. Yeah, this is the point where it's revealed she's the, the working agent. for the bad guys. Okay, you're right. That she is their T1000. Yeah, she is the double agent. And he's like, you're worthless. She's like, but he's really a good guy. He's a good guy. And then he slaps her because we have to hate this guy even more. Well, you have to get some more violence against women in this movie. There's only been four or five. We already hate this dude. He's already the worst. (laughs) Like you don't. Yeah. But again, it's Vince McMahon. You need a little violence against women. Sort of his bread and butter. I was surprised Cindy didn't show up and hit him with her purse. Yeah. At that point, we go to reference I can make. We go to rip sports for kids, which is his charity. And Zeus and the Cable Town. Apparently he's the John Cena of his day. Well, John Cena is the Hulk Hogan of this day. Is he? Yeah. I didn't didn't know that Hulk Hogan did all that kind of like... Be a big star? Yeah. No, like the philanthropy work. 
and like really like do a lot of charity. I'm sure he had a charity. I don't know it to be certain, but I can't imagine that he would not. So anyway, we're at Rip Sports for Kids, which is Hulk Hogan's charity event. Mm -hmm. He's coaching some wrestlers like, you're both winners. You're both winners. Really, only one of them is a winner. Yeah. As as far as that goes. Uh, And at that point, a helicopter lands in the Mm -hmm. field. Everyone runs away. Jurassic Park. Yeah. Out comes Zeus and the Cable Town executives. Who are like the two sniveling guys. Yeah, everyone's in this helicopter, and they're like, you need to have a fight with Zeus. Because Zeus was on TV and was like, Rip, I want to fight you. Yeah. And I was, this is the days before the internet. Correct. So, like, if you didn't watch that one show, you didn't see that happen. That's true. And there's a distinct possibility Rip wasn't watching TV that night. Well, other people would watch TV and tell him. Yeah, I guess, but, like, it... Today it would be like all over Twitter and like yeah, but all that. like they would have just been would in be a the, hashtag. It would have been in the newspaper. It would be hashtag rip hashtag rip v Zeus. <laughs> yeah, I mean you're correct, but at that point it would have been like oh Zeus goes on TV calls out Rip. Would that be a bit? Would that be newsworthy? I, I don't. In the world of this movie, yes. In the real world, probably not. We're talking about weird wrestling fighting, but they certainly would have like some acknowledgement of it in this movie's. Media new universe. At this point, someone tries to rape Hulk Hogan's woman. Yeah, in in a garage. Really grossly, yeah. Hulk Hogan rides up on his motorcycle wearing a blue satin jacket. With a dick on the back. <laughs> it's it's lit- it's the joke from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where they had like the, the one the arm, arm and yeah. it was like curl up in a bicep arm. and they're like, This looks like a dick, bro. It was that exact image. I, I wonder I obviously there's wrestling fans on Sunny because there's mm-hmm. references to it all the time. I wonder if that's where that comes from. Oh maybe. That they took it from this. But in any case, he stops a rape, he picks up a guy who's standing using a motorcycle, so he like drives he it into him. him. Yeah. Like when you Scoops him with a chair. And then he jams on the brakes and launches the guy into a tree, which doesn't kill him. It should his nose should have been in his face. His whole he would have disintegrated. <laughs> it would have been like throwing a bag of jelly against a tree at forty five miles an hour. It would have exploded and thrown jelly everywhere. It would be a horrifying mess. It wouldn't be like, oh, I'm a little bit dazed. He was driving on a motorcycle and launched into a tree. Yeah. It's like on the A-team. They would have been picking up bits. <laughs> they just take off their hat and throw it on the ground <laughs> and shake their fist. Some poor cleanup person would have been scooping brain matter out of the grass. And Vincent Mann would have slipped him a 50 and yeah. said, look the other way. Exactly. So Hulk's brother, who is played by Mark Pellegrino, plays Hulk Hogan's brother, whose name I don't remember, but we'll just call him Mark Pellegrino. Ray Raymond? Yeah. Randy. 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 It was Randy and Rip. Oh, maybe that's a Randy Savage reference. Oh. Because that's the Mega Powers, brother. That's the logo for this podcast. Oh, yeah, it is. Randy and Rip. That's what it is. I'm Ran- certain of that. Was now. Randy had the rubber bands in his face? Or was that Lou Ferrigno? That's Captain Not Lou Ferrigno. <laughs> Captain Lou Albano. Yeah, it was Lou. <laughs> Captain Lou Ferrigno. <laughs> you wouldn't like him when the seas are angry. <laughs> Captain Lou Ferrigno. <laughs> His boat helps out. <laughs> His boat gets green and massive. <laughs> Becomes the Titanic. Yeah, he just, to a dinghy. Yeah. <laughs> He's out there in a rowboat and suddenly <laughs> just like <laughs> <laughs> So Mark Pellegrino, heir to the water fortune, is <laughs> is Hulk's brother who gets 
who some for some reason decides to attend one of Zeus's fights and then tell people, oh, by the way. <laughs> no, he doesn't. His friend does. Okay. His idiot friend is like, he's Rip's brother. And I was like, oh, no. And so they get kidnapped by police. Yeah, the policemen who work for Cable Town, apparently. They're just right in the Cable Town pocket. They take him backstage. His brother gets beat within an inch of his life. <laughs> Like, busted eye, in a neck brace, probably a spinal halo. He's in one of those stretch... Yeah, it's basically a... Sp- he can't move. He's in a tie-down stretcher. <laughs> it rickety, it rickety, like, lifts him in the air. It's like when you, it's like when you raise blinds and you only get one side. <laughs> half of it goes up. That's what they did to put him into a pool of water. Yeah, they lowered just his feet into a pool of water as his rehab. And Hulk just stroked his hair. Mm-hmm. Like, it's all right, brother. He's jealous of the hair. It's all right, brother. Yeah, really, I feel like at some point, I guess Bosley wasn't around back then, but it would have invigorated Hulk Hogan's career, maybe. Hulk has to go look for his brother. He gets trapped in this weird weight room and starts throwing things. No, he doesn't look for his He's looking for Zeus to fight him. Okay, well, he's just throwing things. Yeah, he's angry. Yeah, at some point, there's like a, a slide projector that somehow creates a lifelike projection of Zeus through a mirror. I was really confused. And Hulk punches I thought the it was mirror. Like, oh, is it a fun house? Like he's going to break through and Zeus is behind him or something? Right. And then he hits him with a shovel or something. But no, but no. slide projector. Like yeah. old school, like. Yeah. He actually uh, cut his hand open from breaking those mirrors, according to IMDb. Did he really? Yeah. Uh, and then he, my favorite scene stunt-wise in the movie, he picks up a weight bar, like a bench press bar, and javelin. throws it like a javelin, and it lands directly in the lens of a camera that's <laughs> roughly an inch wide. Yeah. Straight down the barrel. Which means he should play boardwalk games because he would be great. Yeah. You mean like a bottle toss or something? Like ring toss or the thing where you have to like get the key through the hole that has no give on either side. <laughs> so Hulk Hogan has good hand-eye coordination is what you're trying to say. He should play games of chance. <laughs> yeah, he's lucky. <laughs> okay. Hulk decides to take the fight. We have a training montage where Zeus is punching cinder blocks with his bare hands, which and, seems like a bad idea. And Hulk is stroking his brother's hair yeah and he's like helping him do leg raises like come on one more you got it in your brother then the lady gets kidnapped on the way to the fight mm-hmm. put in a secret room with the sniveling idiots and two bad cops mm-hmm. hulk hogan is then told he has to make it look good for 10 minutes or you'll be pushing ma- pushing matching wheelchairs at which point we kind of had to pause the movie to figure out what that meant because it is a weirdly poorly written line I was like, does that mean that his girlfriend's also going to be in a wheelchair? Or like that he will also be in a wheelchair with his brother? But he's so strong, he can push both him and his brother <laughs> from being in one chair? Yeah, I don't know. I think what we... It was, was supposed to be the lady, I think. I believe, yeah. That he, like, they were going to break her kneecaps or something. Yeah, he's going to have to they push... They were going to Nancy Kerrigan her. <laughs> so he's going to have to, one hand on each wheelchair, push them around. Mm-hmm. So it's big match time. We get our big fight, which is mostly just bad punches thrown at each other. In a giant ring. Yeah, eight Surrounded sides. by people in, in ball gowns. They are dressed to the nines. This is... According to the 80s. This is the, the biggest event of the season. The men are wearing tuxes, and the women are wearing 80s prom dresses. Well, that's what I was saying. Is that I love the, the center of the Venn diagram in this world of people who will wear 80s prom gowns to an event, and people who effing love Hulk Hogan is huge. <laughs> The center of that Venn diagram is huge. It's actually just a circle. Yeah, it's just one circle. It's not a Venn diagram. It's just a circle. So they get there, you know, they throw some punches, you know, this and that and the other. The bad guy does some typical bad guy wrestling things. He's choking him with a rope. He's doing this and that. Then he rips out one of the posts. Yeah, a turnbuckle post. To 
stab him through the face with? I'm pretty sure it was his end game. <laughs> yeah, Hulk's laying on the mat dead, and he has a sharp, jagged piece of metal that's a couple hundred pounds and three or four feet long, and it's going to just smash him in the eyes with it. Mm-hmm. So Hulk rolls out of the way, and he rams it through the floor, and suddenly it's a Vietnam War trap. <laughs> so when I was like, is someone going to... Punji. Punji sticks. Not Punjabi. Yeah, mm-hmm. Punji sticks. Uh, except there's just one, and it's huge. <laughs> In the middle of an arena that bounces. So you get your typical Hulk Hogan, you know, your punches do nothing to me, looking around, look at the crowd, put cup your hand to your ear thing, mm-hmm. throw some punches, uh, you know, toss Tiny Lister out of the ring, fight with him out Who there. Then knocks his brother over in the wheelchair for no reason. Like, his brother's <laughs> not in his way at all. He's just like, nah. <laughs> I'm a dick and you're in a wheelchair. <laughs> and runs up the stairs. I need that cheap heat, brother. Knocks him out. I, he wouldn't say brother. That's Hulk Hogan. No. They fight up the ramp. Hulk Hogan gets knocked out again, but oh, saves the day. Up. Gets Runs back up. up. Knocks Tiny off the railing into the pit. Into the center of the ring. Into the ring, which becomes like a death pit. <laughs> he falls straight to hell. <laughs> he died. He, yeah. Blood comes out of his mouth. Yeah. So he's dead. It's movie death where he's like, he's, he's the little trickle out of the mouth and out of the nose. And During their fight up at the top of this like arena thing. Cable Town executive is ripping like cables out of the wall and like smashing tapes and it's, monitors. Yeah, just ruining the no whole room. For no reason, really. He's angry that Hulk's winning. Yeah. I mean, that's the reason. That's or not was a good he trying one. to stop the broadcast then because his guy was losing? That seems like a. There has to be an off switch. I mean, it's, I, I could. See I would the, assume yes, but no. I think it was like I'm angry and I'm smashing things. Hmm. That's my assumption. So then Hulk picks up a chair and smashes the glass to go at the cable town executive who touches a live wire and like full on jawses himself. Yeah, blood out of the mouth. And Kurt Fuller, to his credit, he's aware that this is his last scene in the movie and boy does he go for it even more uh-huh. than he has been the whole time previously. He's doing a whole shake, rattle, and roll. He's mm. falling over, you know. Blood out of the mouth. It's pretty wonderful. And then the movie ends with Hulk giving his... The traditional rip, rip hand gesture, fade to black, credits, cast in order of appearance. Not at all in order of appearance. <laughs> because Samantha was not the second person we met in this movie. No, Samantha we don't meet for a good 20 minutes of this movie. Yeah. And somehow that pushes everybody else down by a notch or two. Don't know why I didn't write this movie. Hulk Hogan and did. This movie. Now, I have a question for you. I think you might have looked this up already, so maybe you're cheating. But how do you think... No Holds Barred did at the box office. Oh, I looked it up already. Okay. Do you know what opened the same week as this? Indiana Jones. And The Last Crusade. It opened number two. Yeah. Five million in ticket sales. With a reported $8 million budget. Yeah. They they, they say that they basically broke even. 11% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Shocking. Yeah. But I wanted to get into this part of it because I think this is really interesting. and, and we, So, when in that time, you know, the home video market part of it was pay-per-view mm-hmm. and Vince McMahon was under the impression probably correctly that he wasn't going to be able to sell a lot of people on buying no holds barred as a movie on pay-per-view yeah because it's terrible so they created an event called no holds barred the match the movie it was shown on pay-per-view December 27th 1989 it consisted of showing the film in its entirety followed by a match pre-recorded 
at Wrestling Challenge, taped on December 12th in Nashville, Tennessee. The main event pitted Hogan and Lister, appearing in character as Zeus, on opposing tag teams. Hogan teamed with longtime friend Brutus Beefcake, and the heel Zeus teamed with Randy Savage. Mega Powers broken up. So, Hulk Hogan and Beefcake defeated Randy Savage and Zeus. Uh, they had Zeus made several WF appear, WWF appearances and cut promos saying that he should have received top billing and no holds barred. Uh, Zeus had a couple of matches in the WWF leading to a cage match with Hogan and Beefcake versus Savage and Tiny Lister, who was, couldn't really wrestle, so yeah. they had to stick him in all these tag matches. Uh, eventually... So it was Hulk Hogan as Hulk Hogan, or was yes. Hulk Hogan as Rip? Hulk Rip Hogan Ty, was Hulk Rip Hogan. Thorn. Rip Thomas. Rip Torn. Rip Thomas. <laughs> I think Rip Torn would be a better one. No, he wrestled as Hulk Hogan because mm. they. The only reason he's not called Hulk Hogan in this movie is because it's like a second layer of fake that they wouldn't want to get into. Yeah, that's too many layers of fake. So this is, uh, according to Wikipedia, one of the only WWF pay-per-views that is not included on their new WWE Network, where you get access to all of their pay-per-views. So (laughs) Vince McMahon, even 25 years later, doesn't have any confidence in No Holds Barred. Well, what I don't understand is that apparently this movie broke even, but they keep making references to that it tanked and lost money. Well, the references you're referring to on Wikipedia were during the... Monday Night Wars, where Hulk Hogan was working for WCW, and they were just trying to take digs at the other companies. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. That was that whole WCW, WF thing. What's WCW? World Championship Wrestling. Got it. Sting. Oh. Diamond Dallas Page. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's time, before we get into recommendations, for everybody's favorite segment, Hot Tag Taglines. Colin, this goes after the title. <laughs> Hot Tag no holds barred. Still not as fake as WWF. <laughs> not bad. Not bad. I'll go with uh, hot tag. No holds barred. This movie is way rapier than you thought it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to bring up one other thing before we get into recommendations. Uh, Hulk Hogan and uh, has alleged to have said this, and I don't know if it's true, but I would like to believe it's true. You familiar with The Rock? Dwayne The Rock Johnson? Yes. I love him. Okay. That's what was going to be the follow-up. How do you feel about him and his movies? He's amazing. Pretty good charismatic knows, guy. Knows what he is. Knows his limitations, works within them, I think. Mm-hmm. Charismatic guy. Certainly not a great actor. He but was in Escape to Witch Mountain. He was. <laughs> but I think he's a perfectly capable actor. So Hulk Hogan is alleged to have said to The Rock that he's lucky that he came out when he did in trying to transition from wrestling to acting because Hogan had to deal with Stallone and Schwarzenegger and other guys being top action stars and that there was no other action stars around. So that's why the rock succeeded and Hogan failed. Really? Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> I guess Hogan missed the part where you also have to be at least an okay actor. Yeah. Like you have to be passable. Yeah. Which he is certainly have a not tenuous grasp on the English language. Like Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yeah. Hulk probably speaks better English than Schwarzenegger, but it's close. Mm-hmm. It's close. So, uh, would you recommend no holds barred? I think I would. I think it's fun. It's stupid. Yeah. It's weird and creepy. And you can make a fun drinking game out of it. Yeah. I think this is definitely a, a strong recommend for me. This is one. If you have, even if like you have no wrestling allegiance, Mm-mm. I enjoyed Just the WrestleMania N64 game. Yeah. And I, I liked, you know, wrestling as a kid and it has nostalgia for me. So I definitely enjoyed that parts of it. Um, I would definitely call this a strong recommend, especially if you can get some friends together and have a couple of beers. There's plenty to make fun of. There's plenty of like, what are they doing going on? So plenty, 
plenty, plenty, plenty. So I, I, this is a solid, enjoyable, bad movie to me. Yeah, I, I agree. All right. Well, until next time, folks. Don't you forget about me. Don't forget to rate and review the show wherever it is you get it, iTunes or Stitcher or the like. Uh, helps us out tremendously to get a review and a rating. So if you have the time to do that, we would appreciate it. You die.